Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Very constructive meeting. Draymond definitely held the floor and he's such a great motivator. So we all responded very well and just looking forward to keep starting a new win streak. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number two, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week, 888-957-9570. We're with you until 1 o'clock, talking all things dubs. Clay Thompson there addressing, and we'll hear a little bit more from Clay coming up in this segment, Whitey, but Clay addressing the team meeting held yesterday uh, after the Warriors got beat in Phoenix and leading up to the game that the Warriors ultimately won last night against the Knicks, 111 to 101, Jamichael Green had addressed the fact that elephants in the room were discussed, and then Clay Thompson referencing the fact that Draymond was a key speaker in this meeting. Is is Draymond Draymond getting his 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 yes. leadership yes. back on with this team? Is he reemerging as a leader? Yes. after the Jordan Poole punch, of course he is. By the way, do you know? I I must confess, I'm not certain. I've been trying to figure this out. From what's been written about the meeting, I can't tell. Was it a players-only meeting or were coaches, was Kerr or any coaches uh, also participating in this? Yeah, I hadn't. I, I think I think it was everybody. I don't okay. think it was a players-only right. meeting. Right, because a team meeting but, would imply, yeah. yeah, that the coaches were, were involved. Yeah, um, yeah, I... I, I, I think so, to answer your question. And you mentioned the punch. I... How big of an elephant was that amongst the element elephants in the room? My guess, JD, was that the punch, as you know, and that was it was awful in no way, shape, or form. Am I trying to minimize it? But I, I think the punch probably reflected things that were already going on. That there were dynamics that were already going on, rather than the punch started anything. I'm sure it made things worse. But that would be my guess. I, I My guess is that it's not like things were fun and then, boo, there was a punch and, oh, now we got problems. I'm guessing that punch came from um, the fact that there were already some issues involving money and pool and his contract and the younger players and the veterans. I asked uh, Coach Kerr this week if there's a disconnect between, you know, the young players that uh, want to play more but aren't playing well enough to play more and the veterans who've made it clear publicly that they want to play with other veterans. And, you know, he said, Oh no, no, that's, that has nothing to do with it. But I I think that does have something to do with it. But to answer your question, yeah. I mean, Draymond coming out at at a time when the team needed it. I mean, that's true leadership. 
we'll see, you know, if that puts all the other issues aside uh, for the foreseeable. But yeah, Draymond uh, did what leaders do last well, night. I mean, for me, it it's a matter of the Warriors almost can't function, I feel like, if Draymond can't be a leader. And, and that was the, the biggest worry, potentially, about the punch is the fact that, well, if he can't be a leader anymore because his voice doesn't carry any weight or he's afraid to express it in a manner that that he had in the past, then, well, what do you have left at that point? Like, if, if, if he's completely neutered from being able to, 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 to have that voice – then the whole thing can be cooked. So I think if, if he is reemerging now as one of the leaders of this team and it shows that they're moving past what had happened and some of that awkwardness, I, I think that bodes really well for the Warriors as things move forward. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I Draymond, some were criticizing Draymond for the game Thursday, saying he wasn't giving his best effort. I, I don't he, know. He didn't. Yeah. He um, didn't. So in Phoenix, uh-huh, no, it, yeah. he didn't in Phoenix. Uh huh. Yeah. So that obviously was part of it. I I don't know. There's resentment amongst the players with their own agendas. Who knows exactly what's going on? But that was obviously a very positive thing. The meetings that they had last night, and for this team to function, not only does Draymond have to do things on the floor, uh, lead the defense, make good passes, be somewhat efficient on offense, he also has to be a leader. That's that's the construction of this team. So maybe that's been part of the problem. But I think last night, hopefully, he reasserted himself in that role, and and that's what his teammates need him to be going forward. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. More text messages coming up here. It's JD and Whitey Warriors this week. Let, let's hear a couple of cuts from Clay Thompson because he addressed uh, the meeting and he addressed the film that, that he was watching as as well. Uh, here's here is that clip with the question. You say you just watch film on the Phoenix game, or and I guess what did every you single game I play. So, yes, the Phoenix game. Yeah. What did you see that, I guess, you felt like you really needed to correct? Um, Got great looks early, but might have rushed a few rather than swinging the ball and getting a really easy one, not cutting with enough force. And I thought uh, tonight I did that better, just cutting off the ball and being patient. And when you make the easy ones early, the hard ones go in later. And there were a number of different times last night where, as we talked about in the first hour of the show, Clay – Turned down shots. I counted maybe as many as five different times mm-hmm. where I thought he noticeably did not take a shot that he had been taking previously and move the ball. Yeah, and sometimes when a player passes up shots, we all know this from watching or if you've played, player passes up shots, sometimes that can be disruptive. But when Clay last night, when he'd get the ball and make the decision to drop it off, it kept the offense humming. So I, 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 my guess is that was uh, maybe the, the main point of the meeting last night. Again, going back to the Phoenix game, when you could see players visibly reacting. Last year when Clay came back, we knew that he – we talked about it on the show. You could see that, wow, he's kind of hunting shots and it's, um, it's not helping. And then he kind of worked his way out of that. And I think this year, uh, teammates, it just was something that had to be dealt with. It was, had to be the biggest elephant in the room – 
based on how much it hurt them against the Suns. Like, Clay, you can't play. This isn't how we play. This isn't how you play, and we can't win this way. So to their credit, it looks like for at least one night they figured it out. As I said, I think the big test is going to be, all right, Clay had a pretty good shooting night last night, so it was easier to, all right, I'm going to drop it off here. How's he going to react when if he has a night where the, the shot isn't falling? Is he going to play like he did last night or start hunting shots again? Well, that's the key. The key is if he's 0 for 2 or 0 for 3 to start, it, does exactly. he start trying to right. force his way out of it, which right. is something that he's clearly done. It's mm-hmm. been, oh, I missed two. Now I need to make my next three. Right. Otherwise, I'm I'm right. having a really bad shooting night, and I want to get that. I, I want to be three for five and not you know, 0 for right. two. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the next three shots because i got to get up to three. It felt it, – and look – Maybe I'm dead wrong on this, but it felt almost like he had the you – know, you talk about guys counting their stats and things like that. It felt almost like he was doing yep. that a little I bit. I know, I know. And I think the Warriors bent over backwards to accommodate him in that regard because of everything he's been through and everything he's contributed to the team. We all know that. But it just came to a head Thursday night. It got to the point where someone and Draymond, give him credit, and, and his other teammates because some said it the night of the game, they just had to tell him, we can't do this anymore. We're not doing this now. And it looks like he uh, received that message. How does his shot look different to you? Um, I, I thought last night it looked like he got more lift than he had been. Yeah. I, I, I thought he was almost trying to it, – and again, I don't know this and I don't believe it was asked, but it, it watching his shot last night, it looked as if he was trying to jump higher. It had been – it had gotten a lot flatter, huh? Yeah. Shami, he's gotten yeah. flatter, and obviously if he's not getting the lift, that's going to happen. I think he takes more contested shots. Some of those leaners from the baseline, I think he takes more of those, whereas before it was just catch and shoot. That ball was away, and he always seemed like he was open. So, uh, yeah, that's another good sign that last night the shot looked better as well. Inability to finish, too, at the, you know, inside has been something that I think with maybe the athleticism, because there's times where he's he's driven to the basket – and he just can't finish. Yeah, and, he did last and, night. Yeah, and and I think that's something that has been a, a little bit of a, of a tell there. Let, let's hear a little bit more from Clay post game as as the question was about the the players meetings and and if the team meetings are are useful. They can be very useful, and we thought that this morning was a uh, an incredible just time of growth for the whole team. And some early season adversity is right in front of us. And what's most important about that is how we respond. And I thought we responded very well tonight, and we played that Warriors brand of basketball that has made us the best team of the decade. So they did respond, and again, I just beneath the surface here, Whitey, when you put the two together, and I and I mean the the meeting that's been discussed. And the way that the vibe was in Phoenix the other night and some of the comments that came out of that game and, and frankly, players being visibly frustrated with each other in the game mm-hmm. against Phoenix. Like, you could see it in the building. I've talked to people that watch the game on mm-hmm. TV, and you could see it. Like, it was, yep. it was just a group that was – it was a group that was ticked off at each other. And 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 if the air needed to be cleared, I, I think the time to do it was exactly when they did it. Mm-hmm. I think that as long as everybody still has the same common interests, uh, if if everybody still wants to win above everything else, then then they'll they'll figure this out. If there are still other agendas, whatever they may be, 
you know, it sounds like Clay's other agenda is one that you could understand and that it's not going to be an issue because he sees, yeah, well, we want to win and okay. Um, if there are other players, younger players who want to play more, or if Poole has an agenda he wants to start, I have no reason to think that is the case. But if that if that is the case, then we're going to continue to have issues. But this is a real test of, I know this is cliche, J.D., but this is a test of the warrior culture. And to me, culture is, it's just everyone ha- being on the same page. I may not like you. I may not appreciate this about you, but I know I have to do this with you because we want to win. And I think that started to splinter a little bit. And we know it did when you have Steph and Kerr talk about how we have to come together. So last night uh, showed that it looks like for now, looks like everybody's still going to be on the same page here, but we'll see. Well, for for how long does it last is the question. Anytime there's a team meeting, because the one thing we know about good teams and and really – for the most part, bad teams, because bad teams typically are having more team meetings because they've got more internal issues. But any time there is a team meeting to to that point, the question is, and and I think at times it's also how, if a coach gets fired, coach or manager gets fired, the energy changes for a little bit. Maybe a team plays a little better for for a handful of games, but does it last for one game? Does it last for five games? Does it last for ten games? Typically, Things go back to the way they were at some point, unless there is a more legitimate commitment. That it's fair to ask. All right, everybody said the right things. Yeah, and the elephants in the room were addressed, and it looked better last night. But for how long does it last if this team doesn't start to stack some wins up over this next fifteen to seventeen game stretch? Hell, just over the next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. 50, I know Austin said, "JD, give me your next 15. And I was almost, I, I was a little paralyzed by it because I'm thinking 15, <laughs> this team's only, this team's played 16 to this point and I haven't been able to figure them out. Yeah, let's just get through this weekend. We got a back-to-back. Let's win at yeah. Houston tomorrow. <laughs> let's see if they can win at Houston and get a, a one in the yeah. road win column. Right, right. It's funny, if you listen to any national coverage of the Warriors right now, everybody is assuming, and maybe they're right. I don't think so, but maybe they're right. Everyone says, well, you know, that punch, that punch, uh, it's still having an effect. I, I'm sure, you know, it's not something you just forget. And Coach Kerr called it the biggest challenge we've had. I, as I said earlier, I think that was more a symptom of other things going on than anything that has caused problems. Um, and it doesn't appear that Green and Poole have an issue. Of course, you can't tell from the way they play. But I don't, J.D., I know that was something that obviously – uh, cause some cracks here. I think they're uh, reparable. I I don't think that's one of the bigger issues right now as a fallout from the punch. Maybe I'm 100% wrong. What do you think? No, I, I, I hadn't noticed it manifest itself on the court at any point, and I, I'd been looking for it. And uh, But again, that, that, yeah. that's an incident to where it maybe everything looks normal in the day-to-day, but it, but you but you know if you're involved in it that it's never it, it's just not what it was. It's sure. it's like there's nothing tangible you can point to other than just the 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 cloak that hangs over the mm-hmm. team, the mm-hmm. vibe is is different and and I don't know. I mean it, it doesn't sound like that was necessarily part of what needed to be addressed. Uh you know, I think Clay was a big part of it. I think defensive intensity was probably a big a big part of it. I think even the young players being put on notice as to, hey, be ready when I called agree. upon. I agree. 
and shut up otherwise. Yeah. Like and and not that they're speaking out, but but if you're ticked off, you're not playing and you're a young player, then when you get in the game, you yes. play like you're ticked off and you use that energy in a positive manner rather than kind of being pouty and 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 unconfident when you get on the floor because I think we've seen that a little bit from Kaminga and Wiseman specifically. JD, I've heard some people suggest that oh the young players on the bench they they don't support their teammates. They're not as excited because they're young players and they don't they don't know how to do that. Which is ridiculous if you've ever seen a freaking high school basketball game where they're very young and high school players get very excited. So yeah, if you're upset or unhappy with limited minutes, let that show in your play. That is play harder. It cannot show when you're on the bench. Like I mentioned earlier, Dwayne Casey. Don't count your minutes. Make your minutes count. And I agree with you. I would bet that that was one of the elephants that they uh, uh, that they tackled last night. The 408 on the Xfinity Mobile text line at 888-957-9570. This observation may be a little forced, but the bench and even the coaches behind the bench were a lot more hyped and yep. involved. I noticed that too. It more like last year's team. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. If it's forced, whatever, it's got to be that. Um, it, it can't be what it was because it just sends – the optics are bad, and then you know when the optics are bad and the body language is bad for the defending champions, that's just not acceptable. And especially it's not acceptable if it's coming from and starting with the way your young players who haven't proven anything yet are handling things. And from the 925, echoing the point that, that we were just discussing, young players needed to be addressed for not moping on the bench yeah. and still be enthusiastic for their teammates. I thought it was very telling, and we touched on this last week on the show. I go back to it was the, the second of the three Sacramento games, the one where the Warriors won at the end, and Clay Thompson fouls Herter. They don't call it. The Warriors have been down most of that game, really got eviscerated in the second and third quarter, somehow come back in the fourth quarter. They get a break on the no call. They win the game and the 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 bench cam, I guess the joy cam <laughs> is what they what they call it. But the bench cam just I mean it looked like oh okay. All right, well nice all right, good just, yeah. you just won a freaking game that you right. played pretty terrible in for two and a half quarters. Right. right. Be freaking happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're um, four and seven. Like yet yeah, they they hadn't won a game in a week and a half. I will say this, and I'm not defending anybody who's not being as as animated as it should be. But to me, JD, the Moody situation is still something of a mystery. And I know there's very good reason why he's not playing more. But the, given how he played last year and what we've seen from him, the I know Steve Kerr explained it. Said well, he's got to defend without fouling. Um, and there was one other thing he meant, turnovers. So I get that, but yep. still, the fact that he went from where he, he appeared to be so far ahead of the other two last year, and then to go, well, he's hardly playing, I just got in at the end of the game last night. It's a surprise. I'm sure there's very good reasons, but as I watch that, I've, every time I, I notice that Moody's not playing, I scratch my head. No, and yeah, Tim Kalkami, the athletic, asked Coach Kerr about it pregame, and and he had been asked about it. I think a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was the same answer. And, and Kerr even trying to make light of what, and you you laid it out. It was turnovers and uh, defend without uh, fouling. Was, oh yeah, fouling. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fouling too much, and he he made the point that hey, you know, Steph and Draymond can can turn it over a lot. Like you, Moses Moody cannot. Like Steph, <laughs> Steph and Draymond yeah. can turn it over because of that's the way they play, and they got the ball in their hands and. They are they are basically the system, but Moses Moody has to be 
you know, it, it gets back to what we always say, fitting the game in a box. He also mentioned the, the numbers game a little bit, which I thought was interesting in that it was, hey, Jordan, you know, Jordan Poole and DiVincenzo are playing and almost as if he was a little bit blocked. You know, Steph and Clay obviously are playing. Poole and DiVincenzo are playing. That would seem to indicate that they view him more as a guard yeah. than a wing. And I thought that they could maybe play him a little bit more as a wing. I think Clay Thompson plays a role in this too because Clay subs out and they, they almost have to pick their spots now where Clay has to play as a wing because he doesn't defend guards at the level that, that he used to. And they want to play Poole out there with the other four. So they've they've subbed Poole for Looney at the beginning of the game more to get that five-man group a few minutes together before the subs really start coming into the game, Whitey. But I think that was an interesting part of it. I'd heard the turnover part and the defend without fouling part, but the, the, the notion that maybe he's blocked as the fifth guard when you can only play four on a given night I thought was, was pretty telling as well. Essentially, you can't be a wing for us right now. Yeah, yeah. Steinies made this point, and I think it's a great one, which is no surprise. Uh, when you look at other players that were drafted right before and right after and sometimes way after uh, Moody and Kaminga, and you look at how much they're playing, and this applies to mm-hmm. Wiseman too, and you look at other guys in that draft and how much they're playing – for a young player to see that, that's got to be difficult. Now, it's that's you're getting paid a lot of money, and you got to deal with a situation you can't moat. But just you know, the human element. We all understand why Clay's struggling with things, and it, obviously, it's different when you have these catastrophic injuries. But if you're one of these young players, and you look at some Bones Highland, you look how much he's playing, how well he's playing. We could go, you know, down the list. A lot of players from those drafts. It's got to be hard as a young player to figure out why. I can't even get on the floor, and these guys that were picked way after me are playing. So I understand that, but there's a better way to deal with it than to sit there and mm, pouty on the bench. No, can't have it. And yeah. I think that that kind of thing adds to the divide or the disconnect is probably the more appropriate word between the younger players and, and the veteran players. The veteran, Because it, 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 at times it's felt, Whitey, almost as if the Warriors have two different teams. In essence, it's like, hey, they got the veteran championship guys now, and you've got the the younger guys, and it's two different teams, and Jordan Poole has to play for both teams, and 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 Poole almost is. I want to play with that first team. I don't want to play with that other team. I want to play with it. I want to play with the. I want to play with these guys on this court. I don't want to play with the yeah, other guys on no, that court. I'm with you, especially. And I know, I as I said, I talked to Kerr about this Thursday, and he said, "Oh, that, you know, there's no, no, that's that's not a thing." But not only do you yeah. have that divide, you have the veterans who have publicly stated, "We would rather play with other veterans. This will not work with young players." Okay, last year the won the championship. But the young players weren't that big a part of it. So clearly you've got uh, some kind of divide there. It's just a matter of whether the players can can deal with that or not. 888-957-9570. We'll come back. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. I will try because Austin, our, our good pal, I'll try to come up with, with some projection. better math. We on, need your projections, fif- yes. Yeah, the next 15 to 17 games. And uh, what can the Warriors continue to do to fix this thing short-term and long-term? Because I think the the answer long-term, and Whitey, you've hinted at this, may be different than the answer short-term. So we'll get into that coming up next. And a funny moment in Philadelphia Mm. last night (laughs) involving one of the game's current greats. We'll get into that as well here on 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We addressed the elephants in the room. You know, we had that hard conversation that a lot of people don't want to have. We had that conversation. It was much needed. And I think it got people more focused and locked in into what we had to do as a team. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. What were the elephants in the room the Warriors addressed in the lead-up to their game against the Knicks last night? John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason trying to decipher that here with you on Warriors This Week for the next 90 minutes at 888-957-9570. More on that coming up. Uh, No elephants in the room last night in Philadelphia, though, Whitey, as... uh, Giannis went out to try and work on his free throw stroke. Maybe, maybe, maybe no elephants in the room, but there was a big ladder that the uh, that the post game crew was trying to work on the floor uh, at at the arena there in Philadelphia. Give us the details on what ended up being a funny situation. Yeah, um, I think an elephant might have had a better night from the foul line than Giannis did last night. Philly beat Milwaukee one ten one hundred two, and Giannis was. Uh, is 4 of 15 from the foul line. Ooh. 4 of 15. So to his credit, he decides he's going to take some uh, extra shots, shoot some free throws after the game. Um, so after he went to the locker room and then he came back out to practice free throws and then things got kind of weird. He t- made seven in a row. And you can't imagine how long it takes Giannis by himself <laughs> to shoot seven free throws. It's probably like an hour and a half, right? He's so <laughs> delivered. And then... 
Montrez Harrell of the Sixers comes out and he is not happy. He apparently says something like, Hey, we don't know. They, they got to change the floor and I need to come out and do my workout and I can't because you're doing your workout. And Giannis says, Well, you can shoot with me. And, and, and Harrell's like, No. And he takes the ball. Montrez Harrell takes Giannis's ball. So then Giannis's brother, uh, I think it's Thanasis, he goes and talks to Harrell. Um, and then Giannis has to go to the locker room and get like two more basketballs because he's got this thing. I got to make ten in a row. I got to make ten in a row. Comes back out, and then the the crew that's trying to change over the floor in Philly, they got a ladder in, up against the rim, and Giannis is like, "Could you take the ladder down?" Like, no. Could you take the ladder down? No. Could you take the ladder? No. And so he moves it and goes to shoot, and then they put the ladder back, and then he flings it aside, and it falls down, and eventually he finishes his free throws and storms off, and, and he's very upset. So it sounds like maybe they did have to change the floor over, and they didn't have time for Giannis to go through his routine and never told him, or maybe it was just the crew there and Montres Hera like, Hey, you know what? That's uh, that's Giannis. He's not on our team. Let's get in his head a little bit. I'm not sure what happened, but he was very upset. And my favorite part is Montrez Hero going over and taking his ball and going, "No, I'm not going to give you the ball. You can't practice free throw." <laughs> I think that's going to be. I think there's going to be more on that between those two teams as as the season goes on. Well, th- that now that is how you build a yeah. legitimate rivalry. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the crew. Whatever you call them, it'd be a grounds crew, the arena crew. Maybe they deserve some credit for that, too, uh, sticking up for the home team. Only in Philadelphia, Whitey. <laughs> Only in Philadelphia. Let, let's get to the phones, 888-957-9570. RC in Napa here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, RC? Oh, we lost RC. All right. 888-957-9570. As it is Warriors this week with JD. And RC Whitey took here. his ball, or maybe Montrez Harrell took his ball. Took his he, ball and went yeah, home. Yeah, that's what uh, there. Running through the elephants in the room. Is there anything we've missed as far as elephants in the room? We had the Jamichael Green. I mean, I think Clay was was number one. Clay addressed that in his post game press conference, also stating that Draymond Green was pretty vocal with everybody uh, in this team meeting that was held yesterday in the lead-up to the Warriors game against the Knicks. Is, is Draymond re-emerging as one of the vocal leaders of this team coming off the punch? I think that would be a significant development, if true, uh, to show that that everyone's moving forward with it. It's it's one thing to move forward with it and not have it be noticeable mm-hmm. that, that anything's going on, but, but when you know you're over it, to me, is when everyone can act as their normal selves again without it being awkward. So if Draymond can speak to certain things about this basketball team in a manner that maybe he didn't feel like he could and shouldn't have because of what happened six weeks ago with the punch of Jordan Poole, and now he's regaining some of that you know, that clout, that is a positive development, I think, for the Warriors moving moving forward. Other things that I bookmark defensive intensity and and the young players needing to be more engaged, even if they're not in the game. Am I missing anything, Whitey? The only things, well, you mentioned defensive intensity. And we don't know, but based on what we do know, you asked me to speculate. So it's speculation. You know, things could have gotten 
kind of direct um, in terms of, hey, you need to play better defense. And I'm, I don't know who I wouldn't be fair to say, but, you know, it could be, hey, you know what? You you need to defend better. You're not holding up your end defensively. Some of that could have been directed at uh, Jordan Poole. I'm wondering if Poole, his inconsistency, if the players think, as some fans do, that there's he has some sort of attitude issue with not starting, it would surprise me because he literally signed up for this. But if the players thought that was an issue for him, I could see how that would be addressed because we know, you know, Steph last year when he came off the bench after he came back from injury, he made a point of publicly saying, I'm showing people, Jordan Poole, that anybody should be coming off the bench. So that's just a guess. But given the struggles... Do you think that's a thing right now? Do you think Poole wanting to start is is a thing? Because I've stopped short of thinking that that's something that's ticking him off as opposed to like to me it's more just been well if you if you did it I think Poole would play better and it may in turn help the team overall play better I've never really looked at it as a as an ego thing where it's like hey I should be playing man I'm one of the best five players I'm getting 123 million dollars beginning next year put me in do you think there is an element of that I don't think so but it's an interesting subject because as you know JD anybody who's watched basketball for a long time you know that there have been some great sixth men in NBA history and you know that one of the things that's made them great is the belief that I'm gonna do this but I should be starting you know that can be a positive for a sixth man I can't imagine that it's something that's bothering pool because as we all as I said, he signed a contract here, and he knew that he wasn't going to be starting right away as long as Clay was here. So it would surprise me, but it does seem like he has. It is affecting his play, or he's having a obviously a harder time coming off the bench. And maybe that was part of it too. Is like you know what, whatever you got to figure it out. You know, thirty six points when you're starting, and then two coming off the bench. Why is that? That's on you to figure that out. Maybe other teams are defending you differently. You got to figure that out. Sure, it's easier playing with Steph, but you need to be more consistent. But I agree with you. I can't imagine that he's, well, I'm not going to take more shots because I should be starting. That could be the case, but I, I don't think so. No, I, I mean, I, I find it fascinating that, you know, even the thought that there have been games where he he just isn't aggressive because he's ticked off, almost pulling a mm-hmm. pulling a Kobe. Yeah. You know, we, Kobe yeah. Bryant a couple of different times in his career did that where, all right, you don't want me to shoot? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I won't shoot I won't shoot at all then. Uh-huh. And we'll see how that works out for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if some of that is caused by how much Clay is shooting, then you know, Clay scaling it back yeah. a little bit takes care of some of that. And again, just if they play better defense, that takes care of a lot of these elephants. Now that part, the clay part, I will say, that's something that could be could be in play because I I think teammates were visibly annoyed Agreed. At, Agreed. at some of the shots that Clay took. So that's not necessarily thinking, hey, I should be starting, but it's also like, hey, look, like this guy is just wrecking the game with the shots that he's taking right now, and and because I, I, to me it was all interconnected. And you yep. saw last night where just a simple adjustment from Clay leads to better ball movement, leads to better shots from him, leads to I think better defense because it, it's the, some shots are turnover. Like I believe some bad shots are turnovers. They just put your defense yeah. in a position where they are completely the, compromised. The bad shot is the blood relative of the turnover. Totally agree. 
Perfect. It perfectly said. And I so that I think that has been a problem for the Warriors in some of these games. They've taken some bad shots and Clay specifically has taken some bad shots, which has made their already a little shaky defense a heck of a lot worse. Mm-hmm. With Jordan Poole, um, you know, Coach Kerr has, has pointed out that Jordan Poole is higher now on the list of defensive priorities of the opposition. So that makes things tougher. But I still think J.D., you know, it, it seems to happen. He plays better when he's starting than when he's coming off the bench. I just think he's still an inconsistent player. I It's it's a done deal now. I would not have given him the contract already. I would have waited to see how this year plays out. And, and I know I think we disagree on that because I think you didn't want him playing in a year where he had to prove himself. But I think that's a bigger issue than anything going on in his head. He's just kind of an inconsistent, streaky player and a streaky shooter. Who knows? But, um, yeah, the key is we've said here about Clay. what happens when he has a, a bad shooting night. But to go from Thursday uh, when or Wednesday, pardon me, when they'd hit rock bottom to bounce back last night and to look so much better in so many ways, it's a relief more than anything, I think. And, uh, you know, because if they had come out last night and still played badly, anything like they did Wednesday, you'd have real problems. So you've got a way out of this now. At least you know what short-term a way out is, improved defense, but I still think they're going to have to add to this roster. No, and, and that is the, the bigger picture view of it. And, and I was pretty adamant in the game, uh, following the game against the Suns in the, in the postgame from, from Phoenix, the fact that I just don't know that this team that they have to play, and I think they have to play well, but expend so much energy right now to play well to where even if they do get on track, I don't think they're going to be able to to do it consistently enough with this group to get the seed that they're going to want to get. Like I, I think, and, and look, it's early enough, and the teams we talked about in the first hour, it's jumbled up enough to where. You know, you're not. They haven't been crushed by this. They're what three and a half out of first, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Even uh, still, only three and a half out of the top spot, and the top spot is Portland. So, I mean, that makes you think that that maybe you still got some some action as far as getting into the top half of that bracket if you could get hot. But but they've had to work so hard, I think, to to just be in some of these games that they haven't been able to win. It it feels a little unsustainable with the top eight that they currently have. And I'm counting Poole, obviously, DiVincenzo, and I'm, I'm throwing Jermichael Green in as the, as the eighth guy right now. One of the problems, and maybe it's an elephant, I don't know, one of them was still apparent last night, but we just didn't notice it as much because so many things went right. But, if you know, raw plus minus is, can be deceiving. But real quick here, uh, the starters last night were all pl- positive. Plus 20, plus 24, plus 20, plus 18, plus 18. Great. Then you go to the bench, and Green, Jamichael Green was plus 8. The rest of them, Pools minus 15. Uh, was it Lamb was minus 17. DiVincenzo minus 11. Kuminga minus 7 in his 9 minutes. And Moody was minus 8 in 2 minutes. So that's still an issue with this team. Last night it looked like, oh, great, we're back. We're playing Warrior basketball. But the drop-off when you go to the second unit is still still a real issue. And it's apparent to me that Steve Kerr is trying to – paper over that as best he can as best as he can by not putting like five reserves out there at one time he wants to play the young players he does want to but he just doesn't feel like he can yeah you look at at the starters and then as we just mentioned Poole and and DiVincenzo are are clearly six seven right now and Jamichael Green yeah Steve Kerr's made the commitment all right he's gonna be the backup five Mm -hmm. that's the eight and then 
Anthony Lamb is the other tell here because Anthony Lamb right now is more trustable for Steve Kerr than any of the – like he is the next guy that's playing the most, and by comparison, he's – He's a veteran player. Yeah, and when as you, you pointed out, he's also having to play out of position a little bit. A six-six guy, all right, go defense a bonus and getting his head caved in through really no fault of his own. Yeah, no no doubt about it. 888-957-9570. Let's get to Robin in San Francisco. Hey, Robin, how you doing this morning? I'm doing, I'm doing okay, you guys. Um, and uh, good morning to the both of you. I, I want to say something. Uh, I don't know if it's... Let's see how I can articulate this, but um, with Jordan Poole, okay, all players are expected to play defense or at least attempt to play defense. I remember a time when Curl was at a defensive level, the same as Jordan Poole. I mean, we can say his defense wasn't all that bad back then, but it was. And they used to go to greatness to hide it. So my thing of, is, is that now that he's gotten paid, Poole's gotten paid, people I, people expect uh, when they when they analyze him, whatever. Oh, he doesn't play defense. He's not that. What the hell do you expect? The boy just got to the level through his hard work, through his hard work, and got paid for it. I get with the pay grade comes a higher level of expectation, but he is still developing. So here's the thing. He has to stay consistent with what he got paid for, and then he has to be able to rise above that and play better defense and be a better playmaker and create better. All these things that he's asking to do doesn't just come naturally, does it? He has to be developing for that. He is expected to be the leader of that second unit. And I've always stated on this airway, I don't know if he can get to that level. I hope I'm making sense, you guys, and maybe you can articulate it a little better than me. Have a great day. Thanks, Robin. 888-957-9570. I think, I think she said it pretty well. Uh, I mean, and the comparison to Curry is is on point. I mean, Curry was an awful defender, he worked at it. He got stronger. He got quicker. He worked on his his positioning, uh, and and I think accepted the challenge that he wanted to guard more of the game's better players as somebody that is one of the game's better players. I think there's a little bit of an ego challenge to well, wait a minute. Uh, I can't guard Chris Paul. Like I'm a better freaking player than Chris Paul, so I need to I need to be able to guard Chris Paul. And he's taken on more of those more of those challenges. Over over the years, I think the point's also on with, hey, Poole got paid because he worked his ass off. Well, you can work your ass off to play defense yeah. a little bit better, too, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. that's really interesting. I know I've made the mistake in the past, and I think as fans, sometimes we make the mistake, as I said, I've made it, of thinking things like defense and rebounding. It's like, well, it's all about attitude. Well, it's a lot to do with it, but it's more than that. I mean, you have to have the physical tools, especially at that level. Uh, to play defense. Jordan Poole, and I don't even know if this is possible, J.D., but to my eye, as quick as he is, you know, he gets in the triple threat position and he makes these fakes and he can just baffle opponents. As quick as he is, I don't know that he has that lateral quickness to stay with guys when they have the ball. Um, And, you know, because I see him and he slides and then he bumps into the dribbler because it's almost like I know I can't keep up with him so I've got to bump him so some of it yeah is hard work and just physically I I don't know if he's that good at that 
But the problem with the defense is if you have that at the point of attack and guys get into the lane and then you've got smaller centers, then what do you get? You get fouls, and that's been part of the problem. So I think that's a huge part of it. But I don't know, Jordan Poole, if it's – I don't know that it's fair to say, oh, he just doesn't want to play better defense. He needs to. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the discussion, uh, the elephant in the room discussion. But I don't I don't know that it's as simple as he just needs to work harder at it. I think he may lack some of the things that make a guy a good defender at the NBA level. Well, and I think I think he is too he's focused on his offense, trying sure. to figure out how to how to function. Uh, it's almost as if, yeah, okay, I need to be better defensively. I'll get to that. But okay. right now, uh-huh. right now, I need to get better offensively and get adjusted to not only not starting where he was his most successful last year. And really, a big part of the reason why he got paid was the 19 a game that he averaged when the Warriors were 28 and nine or whatever it was, and up until the point 29 and nine when when Clay Thompson came back from from his injury and, and took his his slot in the starting lineup. So, and then the other the other issue is trying to play as dominantly as he can with this new group of young players that he's with that just doesn't doesn't click. And I, I think that – so I almost feel like, all right, that's the third thing down the line. Like, all right, I'll get to the defense. Yeah. We'll get to that later. I also don't – please, if you disagree, please let me know. By NBA standards – now, I'm talking by NBA standards, not just walking down the street standards. I don't know that he's amongst other guards, some that he plays. I don't know that he's as strong as them. And I'm talking, you know, certainly like a Drew Holiday or yeah. even like a Chris Paul – and I think that hurts him defensively too. That was a and that was a Curry problem, I think, early on in, in Curry's career. I, I think until he built up the strength, that was I, mm-hmm. I think it was twofold. I think it was commitment to the task at hand for sure. But I also think Whitey, it was you know getting your body in position yeah. to where you could you yeah. could compete. And and this is where he is only twenty three. Right. Right. So I I mean and yeah, he just got paid and so I'm I'm a little less worried about whether he can eventually get better. Maybe he can't, but maybe. But he's also your sixth man, so in a sense, it's like the other stuff is more important. But it can't be as horrifically bad as it's been. It's been it's been really bad, and the offense. If he's scoring at a high level efficiently. It offsets some of it. He's had so many bad offensive games that I feel like the defense becomes an even bigger issue because it becomes a real net negative when he's not scoring. And there's been a lot of those games where he's not scoring. Well, and I got to point this out again, because he's already a far better player than I ever thought he was going to be. So, you know, that first year, mm-hmm. you far better player. But when people, some people talk about how, oh, I think Curry and Pools should be starting. Those people, in my opinion, don't talk enough about how much that compromises you defensively. And I know Clay's not what he was. And I know Clay, they had to take him off Booker in the second half of the a game Wednesday because he, you know, he had problems. But if you're starting Curry and Poole, that's your starting backcourt. I mean, there's some other backcourts that see that and they're just salivating because you got issues defensively at the jump if that's your starting backcourt. Although for whatever reason, the defense has tended to be better for him when he started. Which hmm. you know that's playing with other players, maybe you know, other mm-hmm. defensive players. The system, Draymond's there to to cover up for everybody. You know, I I, I don't know, but. Uh, they, you know, and I just I keep going back to they covered for it last year enough. Like yeah, they were a really good. They did de- like they, they were a really good defensive team those first forty or so games. Yeah, and you know we know that the starting five. 
you look at the metrics, the starting five is a very productive group and they're plus whatever. If you take Clay out and put Poole in and you look at that group, they haven't played as often together, but they're pl- last time I checked, they're like plus 10 in 30 minutes, something like that. So that group also has been effective. I have to admit, I don't think they should start Poole, but I got to admit, Poole in for Clay has uh, th- that group has played pretty well too. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Warriors this week with you here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. Uh, another hour to go as we're going to be taking you up until 1 o'clock here. I-, I wanted to come back to you to close out the hour. Just looking ahead at these next 15 here we go. games. JD's projection. I think 10-7, and 11-6 is what you want. At this point, I'm taking it to 17 games. We talked about this earlier. 15 games puts them right at the middle of really the back third of this six game road trip in the middle of December leading up to Christmas. They go to Milwaukee, uh, Indiana, Philly, Toronto, New York and Brooklyn. And it's a a situation there where they've got. Yeah, I, I think you add the two at the end that gets you to 17 I think if you can go ten and seven, that gets you to seventeen and sixteen. 17 if you can go 16, yeah. eleven and six, that gets you to eighteen and fifteen. It takes a while to dig out of a hole once you get three, four games under five hundred, as as the Warriors did. If you're eight, if they were eighteen and fifteen on Christmas, a little more than a third of the way through the season, but believing that they've corrected some issues, I I think, I think you'd take that. I'm looking at the gimmies though. There aren't a lot of gimmies for the Warriors. Among I, I see two Houston games among that 17 that are the only games that I'd put in the need-to-be-a-gimme category. Uh, well, you're Indiana, right. Some of, couple, yeah, some of that's the nature. Indiana a couple times, but they're playing a little right. better than, than you think. And some of that the is Warriors the nature have lost of the, to a lot of these Exactly, teams. that's it. I was going to say some of that is the nature of the league this year, and then some of it is the fact that you've already lost <laughs> to Detroit and Orlando and, and, and Charlotte. And I think Denver is in position when they get their guys back maybe to make a push. But some of the other teams that are near the top of the West right now, who knows, come uh, you know the first of the year, maybe they start to fall off a little bit. A lot of people expecting teams like Utah and Portland to fall off. So if the Warriors can get it together enough to go 11 and six you say over that that next stretch and I, I still think if they're gonna be able to add a veteran come new year's i think they're going to be in good position to make a real solid push uh into the playoffs if if those things fall into place for them eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero we'll come back add a veteran where and potentially who uh we'll get into that coming up it's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. We'll also get back to the phones, 888-957-9570. Warriors this week. Final hour straight ahead here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.